The Alien Chronicles. You know, America really has expanded me beyond my own grasp. I never thought I would have such a wide world view. I want to be seen as a human being. I am an American. Before, like, I didn't have a piece of paper that told me I was an American, but I still consider myself an American. Everybody's involved. It means everybody has an opinion. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I just loved that I feel free to be myself. Their security was going to be shaped by the changes in U.S. policy from one administration to the next, or the fact that it doesn't seem to change much. Hello and welcome to the Alien Chronicles. I'm your host, Sadia Khan. So this season, I am going to feature not only immigrants the way I did last season, but also interview those who are linked to the debate around immigration in our country. And to that end, I have decided to interview someone whose ancestors have called America home long before any one of us could. To her, probably all of us are aliens and immigrants. Alyssa Mosley is a Native American who lives in New Jersey. She is also someone who has a lot to say about immigration in the U.S. Alyssa was born and raised in the homeland of Lenape people, also known as Bridgeton, New Jersey. She is the enrolled member of Nantico Glenne Lenape tribe. It's one of the largest Indian tribes in New Jersey. The history of Lenape tribe goes back over 10,000 years. Most of Lenape people faced forced migration to Canada or Midwestern US, but some of them were still left behind in New Jersey. In 2015, Alyssa was crowned princess of her tribe to represent her people. She's only 19. She's studying business studies. We'll get her perspective on immigration debate in the U.S. and her life as an indigenous princess. Welcome, Alyssa. So good to have you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. So we'll start with your title. What does it mean to you and what does this title really entail? So back in 2015, when I ran, it was my second time running, so... The first time I ran in 2014 and I didn't get it. I just felt like it wasn't my time. So like I matured and then I ran for the second time. So when you run, there's a series of tasks you have to do. The first one is you have to make a craft based on our traditions and like what it means to be Lenape. So I made a regalia, Delaware style regalia. And that's what really sparked my drive and love for sewing. And then the second thing you have to do is you have to get three letters of recommendation and then you have to get interviewed by a selected group of elders and then you have to take an exam and you have to get a 90 or better on our tribal history. So basically through my reign I tried to travel as much as I could and set a good example for the youth who are watching and I didn't really realize before like there's always people watching you, especially the younger ones, because they want to be like you when they grow up. So like that was my whole drive is just to set a good example and represent my people in a good and humble way. When I was in rain, I mean, I still represent my people in a good way. So today I just I try to travel a lot and get our name out there because a lot of people don't know that we exist in New Jersey. So I just try to represent my people and let people know we're still here. We still exist. In terms of the title, is it like for a specific time period and then somebody else is elected or is it like a lifetime title that you have? It's a lifetime title, but if someone runs the year after, your term is over, but you're not done representing your people. Many people don't know that Lenape tribe exists in New Jersey. 
Lenape people were displaced and they were forced out to Midwest and Canada. And then some of them stayed back. And that's where your ancestors come in. How did that impact your tribe and your people? I would say like it costed us our traditions and because we did have to go into hiding and we had to lose who we are as a people, like our language, our traditions, our ceremonies. We lost our clan system. And without those things, we are not Lenape people. Because we had to go into hiding, we were really affected by paper genocide because you couldn't identify as like native. Like if you identified as anything else, black or white, you were treated worse than the black man. And that's how our families got mixed up because, and they were lost or our names got mixed up is because from paper genocide, we had to change who we are as, as a people and kind of colonize, not kind of, but actually colonize to stay alive. What does, when you use the word paper genocide, what does that mean? So with the census, so you would put down on paper what you identified as. Did you identify as white or did you identify as black? And since we were neither of those options, we had to choose one or the other. I remember my dad telling me that like his grandparents, his brothers, if one was darker than the other and one was more light skinned, they couldn't walk on the same side of the street. So like basically you had to choose one or the other, like on the U.S. census. And if you did, for instance, if one chose white and one chose black, how did that impact their lives? I definitely feel like, I know I can't speak for those people who, or for our people who did go through that, but I know it created a separation between families because they couldn't be out in the public together like that. I also read that many Lenape people also converted to Christianity. Again, that impacted how they practiced their traditions and cultures. When you were growing up, how did you reconcile between the two and how did it impact you? With Christianity, it's like a very sensitive subject when it comes to me and like our people too, because we did have to colonize to survive. So growing up, I went to Catholic school. My mom's Catholic. So she put us in Catholic school up into the eighth grade. So then once I got to high school, I went to a public school and I got to meet all these different kinds of people who weren't just Catholic. So once I started to like grow as a person mentally, I wanted to know and look deep into myself and and realize what it means to be Native. And like when I was younger, all I associated with being Native is going to powwows and every tribe powwows, you know, they all go to powwows and stuff, but that's not what it means to be a Lenape woman. So I had various talks with different elders and my uncles and stuff like that and like what it meant to be Lenape. And we just got into like deep conversations about who we are as Lenape people, like our language, our ceremonies, and like our various traditions. And basically we lost all those things because we had to colonize. And I know this is just my opinion, but I truly believe that because of Christianity, we have lost those things because we picked up Christianity and we dropped all of our traditions. And like, I know a lot of people will disagree with me, but that's just my opinion. And I know that like some people say, I know I wasn't there to live it, but we're the ones who are suffering now because we don't have our language. We don't have our traditions. So like today, we're just like trying to get all those things back. And it's really hard because we don't have a lot of resources because everything was passed down to word of mouth. So it's definitely hard. It's really impacted who I am as a Lenape woman because 
I just like see other tribes and like they have some of their ceremonies and like I see people like they're speaking in their native tongue and like I wish I had that, but I don't. And I know a lot of people have gone through worse things, but at the same time, we're still struggling. And in what ways are you trying to revive your culture? Because it seems to me that you really feel passionately for your culture and and you long for that. So what are some of the ways? And and you were also you are also Lenape princess. So are there any particular things that you've done to revive some of it? Right now, every Tuesday, we meet at my uncle's house and we have talks about our various ceremonies and stuff. And so one way that we try to like bring back our ceremonies and like language is that we communicate with other Lenape communities. Like you said, that we do have other communities up in Canada, in Oklahoma and Wisconsin. So we go back and forth and we kind of like exchange stories because they have elders up there who have different stories than we do. And also there's different various books that have those written down stories and even some language, but it's just still kind of like difficult because most things are passed down from word of mouth. And like, it's hard now that like elders are getting older and and they're not as sharp as they used to be. So it's harder to get those stories and stuff like that. And Alyssa, what are some of the traditions? We've talked about traditions, but we haven't been specific in terms of what are those traditions that your tribe follows and growing up? What was the culture like at home? Can you can you elaborate on that a bit? So growing up, we just went to powwows a lot. And so basically a powwow is a gathering of Native people and we sing and we dance. And and some powwows can be traditional, which is when there's no contest. And then a regular competition powwow is when they do contests in different categories of dance. So growing up, that was all I knew, other than the naming ceremony that we have down at the tribe and sweat lodges. It's a Lakota ceremony, but we adopted it, or I believe it was given to my uncle who is allowed to pour now, but that's all I knew growing up. So now today we're trying to get back our own ceremony, which is called the big house ceremony. It's a struggle because it was put away many years ago. I think it was back in the 1950s. I'm not sure, but it was, it was a long time ago. And so that is what we're trying to get back today. Can you describe it a bit? What is the ceremony about? It's a ceremony of like harvest and giving thanks for everything the creator has given us. It's a 12-day ceremony. It's just to give thanks at the end of the year for all the crops, the water, like everything in our universe that Mother Nature and the creator has given us. Lenape tribe is also, it has a matriarchal structure. I am assuming that's why like you were elected as the princess and you represent your people. How has that impacted your outlook on life and how has it facilitated you in doing what you want to do in terms of creating more awareness about your tribe and also doing all that you've mentioned? So I feel like the matriarchal structure, like I always knew about it growing up and that's what makes our people who we are today. Maybe I might be overlooking it or maybe it's because I'm so young that like I feel like I haven't been really impacted by the matriarchal structure. Like I know back then we were the ones who made the decisions for our people and stuff like that. But I feel like today I might be overlooking it, but I feel like I haven't been affected because I just see the way women are treated today. And I just like, I feel like I don't have any power. I mean, I feel powerful as a woman, but I just don't think I have a lot of say 
especially because I'm so young and I was always taught to respect my elders and, you know, listen to what they have to say and respect what they have to say. But I feel like I really haven't been impacted that much by But have you seen like your mother or your grandmother, if they are the decision makers and how they conduct themselves and what responsibilities do they have? Does that reflect on what the matriarchal structure within your tribe would constitute? I am half Filipino. My mom is from the Philippines. She was born and raised. And my grandmother on my dad's side, who is Native American, she passed away in 2001. So I was very young. So I had to grow up without a female role model, like a Native female role model. So it was kind of hard to like see what it meant to be a Lenape woman. I had to find that on my own because I am also the only girl in our family. All my cousins are boys and like I didn't really have a female role model until I got to around like 14 and my uncle met this amazing woman. Her name's Corey and she's like a big sister to me and she was the one who really like sat down with me and like listened to what I had to say and like she was the one who really like showed me what it meant to be a Lenape woman, what it meant to be a Native woman and I just look up to her so much but she's probably like one of the first role models in my life to like show me what a Native woman is supposed to be like. What is a Native woman supposed to be like? To me, takes care of your family, represents your family in a good way, always participates in ceremony, always helps. I guess just to like represent your people in a good way and always stay so humble and make sure to realize like the little ones are watching. What are some of the misconceptions about Native people living in New Jersey? A big misconception is that we don't exist or that we died off. So I was attending a Native youth conference. I think it was back in 2016, 2015. It was in Oklahoma and I met Miss World. It's like a, um, a really large title for Native women because it's held at like the biggest powwow in the United States and like everyone comes for that. And so I met her and she was like, oh my gosh, where are you from? And I was like, I'm from New Jersey. And I was like, I'm Nancy Glenn and Lenape. And she's like, oh my goodness, I didn't know there was natives in New Jersey. And I was just like, yeah, we're here. And another thing is like, when I was in the fourth grade, I learned about my own people, which was so weird. Cause like, I mean, I knew everything that they were teaching, but the way they made it seem in the book is that like, we died off or that we don't exist. And they were just like speaking about like, where we lived and like how we lived on the coast and stuff. And they're like, yeah, I just made it seem like we weren't here. And I'm just like, I'm sitting in the class and I just remember like, those are my people, you know, like we're still here. I can't really think of like another misconception, but a lot of people think we're not like legit because we live on the East Coast. I don't, I'm not sure like why people think that, that we're not like a legit community and that we're not really native. People don't think we're native. I don't know why. Are there any steps your tribe is taking to change that misconception or to create more awareness? Again, you're so young. I'm, I'm sure it's more like other people in your tribe who, are, what, what are some of the things that they are trying to do to achieve that? So as princess, it is our job to represent our people. And like, and that's why I said, like, I try to travel as much as I can to get our name out there because like we know it that people think we don't exist our tribe knows that we it is our job that we represent our people out there 
I like to go to Unity. It's called United National Indian Tribal Youth, and it's a really big youth conference and they have it in different places every year. So like last year it was in San Diego and I got to go to San Diego. And before it was in Denver and Oklahoma and then Washington, D.C. So that's a really big way that I try to represent our people because every year they have a large amount of youth and it just keeps growing and growing every year. So this year it was like almost 3,000 youth gathering in one place. And so that's what I try to do is try to meet as many people as I can and tell them who we are and where we're from and and what we're about. So, and that's basically how I, you know, as a people, for our people, try to get our name out there because I know our tribe can't really worry about getting our name out there because we have other issues that we need more focus on. Absolutely. And Alyssa, as you know, one of the reasons I wanted you on this particular podcast, which is about immigrants and immigrant journeys to America, was to get your perspective as a Native American woman on debate around immigration. Because as you can see, I mean, there is a lot in the news and I wanted to understand how do you see the debate around immigration in the U.S.? First of all, it really confuses me because... I feel like people are very hypocritical, I guess you could say, because the only people who are actually from here are the Native people. It really confuses me when people are just like, go back to your country or you don't deserve to be here. When it all boils down, it's just racism. It's truly racism. And at the same time, like, I don't get why they want to build this big wall when this was their land too. And it's just the reason that, like, this was their land too at one point. And the same reason that they're coming over here is the same reason that your ancestors crossed the water, came here through Ellis Island. So what's the difference between them coming over on the border to seek refuge than the difference between your people coming through Ellis Island? And I just like, I don't get it because you're not from here either. So like, I just really don't get it. Cause like, are you native? Like, are you from here? Can you say that? Can you tell someone to go back to their country? Can you tell someone they can't come in when this is their land too? It's an imaginary line that you that they thought of that's keeping them from coming in here. That's how I see it. And I've, I've said it in many episodes as yeah. well, that the only difference between somebody coming now versus someone who came 200 years ago yeah. is the time. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, the only people who could really call this their land is the natives. Yeah. And they were the ones who were here before anybody else was. Like even in case of your tribe, yeah. your ancestors have a history which goes back as long as 10,000 years ago. And that's so true. But in what ways are you or your tribe members contributing to the debate that the changing debate politically or socially, what are their views? Are they taking any steps? What is their role in all of this? I know I can't speak for my entire tribe, but I know for me, I really try to have those really deep conversations within my class. That's where you meet the most people, I guess you could say, is through school. And sometimes you can change people's perspective through just having a good conversation. And another thing I want to try to protest more, I guess you could say. There's a protest going on in on January 18th in Washington, D.C. I'm really looking forward to that. And hopefully, like, get out our message that, like, they were here too and other problems going on in Indian country. Another thing is the rumors that people talk about that 
they're terrorists, they're rapists, they're bringing over diseases and stuff like that. But our own terrorists are within our own country. They're people who are, are citizens of our country who are killing our own people, you know? That's another thing I don't understand. Like, why do you assume that these are the people who are hurting our country, you know, hurting our own people? And they make up rumors, oh, they're bringing disease. But isn't that what they did when they came over here for the first time? That killed off our people through disease and stuff like that. So, like, it's just very, they'll do anything just to, like, make them sound bad, you know. It's so sad to hear. In terms of the democratic process in the U.S., okay. the elections, how active are Native people in that? And did you vote this time? And do you intend to vote in future? Because you're 19 now, so you you were eligible to vote. I was eligible to vote. But there was something wrong with my application. So I, I mailed it in and I never got anything back. And then I tried to check online if I was eligible to vote. And it said there was no record of my registration. So I was really bummed I didn't get to vote, but it turned out okay. But I do plan on voting in the, in the future. I was really disappointed about that because like, it was like my first time I got to vote. And I just, cause I just turned 19, so. And when we look at the new Democratic Congress, we see that it includes two Indigenous women, right? What changes do you foresee given the changing political landscape? And what are your hopes and expectations when you see that? I just get an overwhelming amount of joy when I hear that. Not only that they're Native, but they're also women. So you get a representation of Native women in Congress. For my expectations, I would really like to see a lot of representation of the epidemic going on because it's a big thing in Indian country right now that a lot of women are going missing or we don't know what happened to them. It's a big thing out in the West and it's not really getting a lot of press, I guess you could say, because not a lot of people know about it. It's not really a big thing here in New Jersey, but it's a big thing across the United States right now. And I just pray there's peace on all those families who are going through that tough time, who are worried about their daughters and stuff like that. And I just hope there's something done about it. You know what I'm saying? And just like brought to attention, you know. And is your tribe taking any steps to ensure that nothing like that happens here? Not within our tribe personally, but within our, like, you know how I said I was, I go to Unity every year and stuff like that. It's a big council also. So there was a resolution passed to bring awareness to our stolen sisters. And that's what the resolution is called. It's called Our Stolen Sisters. And so it just tries to bring more awareness about it. I just want to bring like more attention to it because that could be me. That could be one of them because it's scary because today's world is scary. So, Alyssa, if I were to ask you to describe America in one word, what would it be? And I ask this question from all my guests, and I'm always fascinated by the answer. So how would you describe America in one word? I would say divided. Ever since Trump was elected president, I feel like everyone's political views have been, like, really brought to the forefront because if you support Trump, then you support everything that, like, he stands for. And it's just, like, you're either with him or against him. And it just really has divided our nation. And I feel like before, like, it was just like, oh, yeah, you're a Democrat. Oh, yeah, you're a Republican. We can still be friends. But like now with who we have as our president, it's just like, oh, you're a Trump supporter. So you you're OK with everything that he's done. You're OK with 
everything that he's doing today with immigration and like everything with how he like the first thing he did when he was in office, he he signed the bill to pass Keystone XL and the Dakota Access. So like, first of all, you're supporting someone who doesn't care about our environment. You're supporting someone who who's racist, who's against women and people who have disabilities and stuff like that. Like it just the list goes on and on. So like if you're going to be a Trump supporter, you're supporting all these things. And like I just it's just like you're either with him or against him. You know, it's you support all these things. I don't know if I could, you know, associate with someone who's like that. You know what I'm saying? But some people would argue that, you know, we don't, we are not racist. There are policies that he implements that are for us or uh, for an ordinary person. And I understand where you're coming from. But do you think that is because some people are just unaware or they are, they just don't know as much about the others or the environment? So I think it may be be, yes, in some ways racism, but it may just be lack of knowledge. Definitely. And there are also people who just like, who voted for him for his business aspect. And that's okay. But like, you have to think about the whole package that he is. It is what it is. I mean, (laughs) And if you could change one thing about America, what would that be? It's hard to come up just to change one thing, because I feel like they all run hand in hand. If I could change one thing, it'd be the hate that people had towards each other. I just wish people weren't so hateful, I guess, like to start with my own people, just like that natives were treated better, I guess you could say. A lot of things, it just really boils down to hate. I wish just people would just change their mindset and just like not be so hateful. That's so true. And I hope that people do understand that. And especially in today's political climate, it's gotten worse. So we can all hope for that. But now we'll move on to our rapid fire round. This is again, getting to know you better. So we'll start with our first question, reading books or listening to music? Listening to music. If you could eat one food for the rest of your life, what would that be? Tacos. Really? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) If you could only take three things to a deserted island, what would they be? Moisturizer with a little (laughs) SPF in it. (laughs) Probably a really big knife, like a machete or something, because I'm trying to survive. (laughs) And one of those straws that, like, you can, like, drink out of and it, like, purifies the water. It's like a new invention, but I've seen it and I was just like, I'd probably need one of those. All three things are, are definitely for survival. If you could have any superpower, what would that be? And what would you do if you had that superpower? Uh, just, I don't know, just walk around, creep on somebody. I don't know. <laughs> just kidding. Either to be invisible or to like fly. I feel like it'd be cool to fly. And go where? Anywhere. Like I could travel the world and not have to pay a penny. <laughs> <laughs> Describe yourself in three words. I'm goofy, very talkative, and what's something else? Independent, I guess you could say. And what's the best piece of advice you ever got? Always be careful of like what you do and what you say and to always set a good example for the youth who are always watching you. Your idea of vacation? Hawaii. Hawaii. (laughs) Your all-time favorite movie? Mean Girls. Or 13 Going on 30. What did you like about that movie? They're so funny. I don't, I don't know. Like I always just like, I remember like I watched Mean Girls for the first time, like on DVD, like I rented it from the library And then I watched it again. 
I don't know. It's just so funny. Like, I like to, like, quote it sometimes. I don't know. It's just so funny. Your best restaurant in NYC? I haven't really gone to a lot of restaurants in New York, but, like, I was here a couple weeks ago in November, and I went to this ramen place. I have no idea what it was called, <laughs> but it was so good. I completely forget. You know, I wish you remembered the name because yeah. I, I really want to try out some good ramen places mm-hmm. in New York. When you remember, just text me. <laughs> Favorite emoji? Probably like the laughing emoji or like, <laughs> this is so weird, but like the throwing up emoji where it's like green. Yeah. I don't know why, but I like using that one a lot. When oh, you do? <laughs> yeah. When you don't like what when the I, other person is saying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Twitter or Instagram? Twitter. I think you're probably one of the few who said Twitter because most people are like Instagram mm-hmm. because it's so visual. and Yeah, well, Instagram is like, I like using Instagram, but like, I feel like I have to be very, I can't just post whatever. I, I don't yeah. know. I'm weird like that. But on Twitter, I can just like say whatever I want. <laughs> and there's so much like, there's so many funny things on there that it's just like, if I'm having a bad day, I just go to Twitter and I have something to laugh about. Yeah, I, I've done that. That's true. Tea or coffee? Is it hot? Yeah. <laughs> Coffee. Coffee. Yeah. And home is? Where my family is. Yeah. Thank you so much, Alyssa, for sharing your story. Mm-hmm. This was so good. I would also like to thank all the listeners for joining us today. You can follow us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at Chronicles Alien. And you can find us on Instagram at The Alien Chronicles. Please also check out our website, www.thealienchroniclespod.com. Please stay tuned for our next episode when we will bring to you another immigrant story. And in the meantime, stay connected.